Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah. It's Kevin Hart. Today I got a brilliant mind. I got a mind that I've been a fan of for a very, very long time. I have the honor of not only calling this guy a friend, but damn near like a brother. I fuck with this guy. For all of my white listeners, I fuck with this guy it means that we're friends. You know what I mean? It means like I'm, this is my guy. So not like I fuck with him and I pick on him. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, I've, it's a term of endearment. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the show, the Atheon Crockett. What up with you, champ? Hey, man. How are you, brother? I'm, I'm great, man. That was a great intro. I appreciate that. You know what I'm It was saying? good, right? Yeah, it was, I mean... It was, I mean, it could have been better, but it was, it was cool. What do you, what do you mean by that? This, hmm? It could have been better. That's weird. I thought I, I, just, I look, man, I, I got time for you to, you know, elaborate and just really, really go in, like really, really massage the intro. Oh, my greatness. You know what I'm saying? You're saying I could have said more. You're saying there was more to say. If I'm, I'm not trying to pressure you into saying more. I'm just saying oh. you could have, if you would have thought about it a little more, you know what I mean? Okay, well, you know, I pride myself on having these conversations and these heavy discussions off of the dome. You know, that's what I do. Most people freestyle raps, Atheon. I freestyle interviews because I like real conversation. I don't like prepped conversations. So what I gave you was a real intro. That was an authentic, real, off-the-dome intro. Now, if you want me to go and do a bunch of research and shit, on a guy that I know, I mean, I, I think that's fucking stupid. I mean, what do you want me to say? Okay, he used to play the he used to play the buckets. You know those buckets that uh the kids play outside the train stations. Avion was real good at that. That was the promenade. Uh, okay, he used to do that. Avion used to dance. Uh, real good dancer. Um, what else? I said panhandle. Playing the buckets and panhandling, you kind of. Those things go one and the same, so I'm not going to make that a another. That's kind of that's. I mean, that's not the credit that I wanted you to say, but at this but, point, we're in it. So fuck it. <laughs> we're in it. So fuck it. <laughs> I I will say this, man. Here's why I'm excited, because Avion, we we talk, we talk a lot of shit, we fuck around a lot, man. But I've never talked to you in depth. We've never gotten into a deep discussion. You know what's funny? The the first conversation I remember having with you is at the old Ha Ha mm-hmm. on Lancashire. Mm. 
we were all on the sidewalk. This is my first time meeting you. I I, I didn't even know you were a comedian. I thought mm-hmm. you were just a nigga with D-Ray um, getting out of his car. Um, and we, I used to live with D-Ray, by the way. Me and D-Ray was roommates back then. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Fucking roommates. But you and I sat, sat on the, not sat, but we stood on the corner and we were talking about lyricists in hip hop. We were talking about who the dopest lyricists were. Mm-hmm. And we had a real, we were talking about everyone from cannabis to Eminem to Rakim. Because to- it was rare to find a person that was, that was in that comedy scene that had such an appreciation for hip hop, for, for real hip hop music. And that wasn't just West Coast to me to death. Like that's, that's what I was, that's what I was getting. So as an East coast guy, when I finally got the opportunity to talk to somebody that didn't West coast me to death in a discussion, well, the discussion ran, it ran long. We got to going back and forth, man. What I, what I remember, what I really remember about you, Avion, and, and you kind of always stay true to, you're one of those guys that can live in a bit. You know what I mean by that? Like, like you, there can be a bit and there's this one little thing, but that bit never has to die. You and I have had ongoing bits for the duration of our relationship. They just. It's the same one though. It's the it's same, the same one. one bit for almost what? What are we going on about? <laughs> 18 years. Yeah, now? we just we see each other and we stare at each other as if we're about to fight one another. And it's not until one breaks and, and shakes the other's hand that the bit stops. It's just an uncomfortable if they don't know who we are. And our everyone familiar, that's around us that has been around, we always do it in crowded areas. Areas. It's always crowded. And I remember the first time that we did it at your show at the Staples <laughs> Center. You had your security. I didn't know Terry and uh, and, and your other guy before. E, e. E, I ain't know them. So they looking at me almost reaching, right? I brought somebody with me and he, you know, I mean, he knew who you were, but he was like, yo, does Kevin Hart want it tonight? Yeah, like, what's happening? He got a fucking problem with you, man? What is this, it going to go down? What the, what fuck, the fuck is happening? Going on? And, and we stayed locked in on the stair. It's the best bit ever, man. And it's, it never, it has not died. It's not, it has never not been great for our listeners. We literally, we just, we just stare at one another, but it's as if two men who've had a significant beef have just seen each other and they, they, they didn't expect to see each other. And it's like, it's a stare down, but, a, but, a uh, a thug, a thug stare down. Like two, two men. Not is not is not. Well, who got a gun and who don't? It's the it's the most uncomfortable stare down that I've ever been a part of. But it's the best shit ever, man. It's the best shit ever, and it's it, it's it plays into the fact that you and I, if you don't know us, you and I have very serious faces. Like people yeah. tell me that I am unapproachable. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm just. I'm enjoying my day. Like, what, what are you talking about? about? I'm having a good day, man. I'm fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm cool. What are you talking about? I'm chilling. You look mean, Atheon. You look mad as fuck. What's wrong with you? I'm like, if you keep talking to me like that, <laughs> yeah, then I'll get mad. Be wrong, right? <laughs> get mad, man. But you and I have that 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 stare down. Says I'm about to fuck this motherfucker yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> and the people around <laughs> us really buy into it, and they be like, the shuffle happens. Do we? Do we do? <laughs> 
I I gotta say, I gotta say, man, I'm so happy for you right now. Uh, I'm gonna start off by giving you your flowers, man. Congrats on your special. Um, I am going to say Thanks. that you just seem fucking happy right now. You seem happy. You seem like you're in your jello. Uh, you just, just your, your, your presence within the comedy world with, within this space, dude, you're, you're like, you're owning it right now. And, and since you've dropped your special, it's been more like I'm I'm seeing you posting. Hey, I'm going, I'm here this weekend performing at such and such. Like you're you're owning it. And not that you that you haven't been uh in the years before. It seems like you're a you are confidently, you're confidently aware of how good you are at what you do. And I don't know, I don't know if it's because the special hit. And you like motherfuckers, yeah, y'all give me the love and you see it. But if you got a different, there's a different, there's a different, a different fucking drip to you, man. <laughs> Did ass. No, I appreciate it. And I, I'll tell you, since we, we, we allowed to go a little in depth on this conversation. Yeah, of course, man. This is, this is extreme great dialogue, whatever the fuck yeah. you want. Here's the thing, bro. Um, 2020 gave us all a chance to sit the fuck down and get to the bare bones of what the fuck is important, mm -hmm. right? It's really easy. And I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a be a thousand percent with you. When I had my show on Fox years and years ago, mm -hmm. right? This when you say your show, just let me break it down to the listeners. Avion's referring to uh, a TV show that he got developed. Avion created the sketch show. Not only did Avion create the show, but he got the show picked up. Fox gave this man a chance. So that's not something I can just let you haul ass by. That's a big deal. That's a major moment. That's a fucking huge accomplishment. And you had some great people behind you, from my understanding. Who who was uh, a part of the, the EPs, executive producers well, of your show? Uh, we, Jamie Foxx was, was the, the EP. Yes, he was one um, of the EPs. On. And, but we were with the wrong network at the time. Yes. The people yes. were not the, the, the team that was around the show didn't understand the show. But that's. And, and so because of that. Right. The show did not succeed. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is at the beginning of when you started to bubble. Mm -hmm. I was salty as fuck. I was mm. like, ah, that's supposed to be me right now in this mm. time. Mm. That's supposed to be my spot. It wasn't with you, the person. Mm. It was with your journey. I was salty. Wow. Fast forward to 2020. And, and I, I got rid of that salt pretty fast because after that you saw, and this is crazy that we're having this conversation. You have always been the guy, the one, one of the two people that have come to me. You came to me at Naeem's birthday around that time before the show aired. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that, that really, made me dissolve the salt was you came to me and you had a couple things in you and you was like, yo, eighth, don't let them think that this is your one shot. Mm. We in VIP, the music's mm -hmm. going. Again, you mm -hmm. probably don't remember because you you and Naeem was gone. <clears throat> you said, eighth, don't let them make you think this is your one chance and your one shot. I've had multiple failed pilots. Mm -hmm. And I'm just now getting my just due. Just now. Mm 
This is 2011, mm-hmm. right? You came out, you had the, the big house, you had Soul Plane and a bunch of other stuff. I remember we used to audition all the time and you were the guy ahead of me that would always end up getting it. I'd be right there and then you would end up getting when we were still you know, in the audition room. Mm-hmm. But you pulled me aside that night and you was like, hey, if this don't work, cool. The other guy that always is in my corner in that in that manner is Sean Williams. Mm. That's big bro. He calls me when I'm flipping the fuck out. And he's, he's good like, dude. Good, good dude. So I say all that to say, I had a chance to, after that conversation you and I had, after that show didn't go go further, I started, I was in movies. I was in, and when a Haunted House trailer came out, you hit me. You was like, yo, hey, if you you killing that trailer. You, Jesus Christ. You all over the fucking screen. One of, one of the, you know, a trailer, a trailer is supposed to be funny. A trailer is supposed to be funny, right? You're supposed to see great moments. But when you know, when you know a person and they're in a movie and you see them in a trailer and you see them get down in a trailer, they didn't cut. A, it wasn't like quick bits. You were, they, they put like, the the they put the pieces to that puzzle of you and haunted house out there, which made me go, oh, it's a lot more left on that fucking table. Like that's that's just like a couple little bits from a scene. That motherfucker's funny. Like Atheon, I had to call you. I remember seeing it. I remember you. It was it was you with the fucking ghost. You you know you talking shit. Nah, tell him come out. You act like the thug. But I remember seeing it. I was like, oh, Ave, this is a great look. This is this is the look that's going to make people come and see the movie. Atheon's attached to that. Like, I believe in those calls. I believe in those texts. I believe in constantly, you know, giving the 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 just do when when it should be given and not later because everybody else is because it's a cool thing. That's where those messages came from. And, And you did that from you did that at the premiere. You've always done it. Right. So, again. Me, me having a, me feeling a way was again when we compare ourselves to anyone else, to mm-hmm. that guy, on down, right? You can find yourself in a space of bitterness, and mm. you and I both know a yacht full of bitter comedians. Specifically, I, mean, I, I can give you the fucking address for <laughs> a, a yacht. I can give you. Tell me where you want to. Tell me what boat you want me to. I can show you where they all at. I can show you a shitload of them. The docks. There's mm-hmm. docks full, right? Mm-hmm. I made a determination um, and there's another, there's another, there's another one of our big homies that I, I'm not even going to drop the name because it mm-hmm. just sounds like it's excessive at this point. But it was another one of our big homies that pulled me aside right after you and I had our conversation and he gave me the game. And this is all leading up to what you said about me looking happy and owning me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He said, understand that even though you feel like you failed, you made it, you broke through. Those of us who are in this industry that know the players and know who the guys are, we saw you. You went from the internet to fucking network. Mm-hmm. No one at the time, no one was doing that shit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And 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 he just gave me solid gems. And I'm always listening to gems that are helpful, right? And so I took. He said, he said, you never want to flip out either way, whether you're doing great. You don't want to flip out and be the ego guy. If you're doing bad, you don't want to flip out and fucking go crazy. Mm-hmm. 
He got me right back into the middle. So what 2020 did, and then you know, my journey up to then has been pretty even keel. I'm like, all right, let me just have fun with this journey and not take myself too seriously. And 2020 was the exclamation point on that because it got us all to sit down. And I was like, okay, I've always created from the crib anyway. That's how I built up my YouTube channel. And that's how I got on that, the, the Fox show and da, da, da. I've always created from the crib. I'm a homebody naturally. I don't party like that. I don't drink and do drugs. Where the fuck am I going anyway? Right? Yeah. I got back to what I love to do. I fell back in love with the comedy. It wasn't so much a chore anymore. And and I got to do this to pay the bills. And You know what I'm saying? It became, oh, shit. I got time now. I ain't got to be shuttling the fucking LAX bags and bags and going on stages and da-da-da, hotels. And I'm home for months and I fell back in love with what we do for the right reasons. Mm. I'm, I am so content right now, bro. I am so, we can't take none of this shit with us. Yeah. I'm doing okay. Right. I'm not where you are. I may not be where and it doesn't fucking matter. I am where I am. And that's where God has me. I am where I am. And that is what I need and what I, I can do whatever I want. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm in my zone. You got to your happy place. You 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 found space. you found your fucking space, and it's crazy that you just say that because what I gave you was an observation. I'm I'm giving an observation from the outside. I have no right, idea right. of what's going on on the inside from the outside. I'm like, yo, you just appear to be happy. You appear to be in your jello, and it's funny that you say that just about you know looking at the next that 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 person and what that person has or is doing. And looking at it as if it should be yours. Uh, uh, in our space, we're all guilty of it. You know, I think that's the that's the one disease that comedians have early on in their career. We all feel like it should be us. It's we are all supposed to be next. We're all supposed to have the shot. And whether it comes or not. What we have to realize, especially as you get older and as you mature, is that one person's journey has nothing to do with yours. And, and you know, for some reason, we think these stars align. We think that they all happen the same way coming out the gate. But it's not until you get to that understanding or that place of what you're talking about you're at now that you see it differently and you go, my shit is happening the way it's supposed to. And I got to enjoy what, what opportunities are being given to me and what opportunities I'm creating to further myself. Creating myself. Exactly. Not waiting. Because when you wait to be fed, Ooh. you get hangry. Oh, my God, man. Hangry. Hangry <laughs> is a hell of a word. Hangry is a hell of a word. I hope you guys understand what he means by that. Hangry is hungry and angry at the same time. And there's a lot of hangry comedians in this fucking town. Like, Mm. I I know you went through the whole clubhouse bullshit. And I'm telling you now, right? I pop in on clubhouse when I feel it. And -hmm. when I feel the room is just relaxed, Mm -hmm. right? But what I don't do is go into any room where there's a gathering of comedians. Because I'm here to tell you, it is the heaviest energy Mm. that I have felt thus far. I've been in rooms 
with certain rappers and talking to hoes and doing and it's fun. You know, the hoes is, is here for the games and and they call themselves hoes and it is what it is. And and then I'm in the intellectual tech rooms and talking about Bitcoin and Ethereum mm-hmm. and all that. But the comedian rooms? It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. It's like, I don't know if you ever seen the movie. <laughs> it's heavy, man. You've seen the movie Midnight Express. It's an old 80s movie. I know what that is. Fuck yeah, I seen Midnight Express. When he was in the in the end, when they had to walk around the the the, the pillar, the insane asylum, and and they all had to walk in the and they all their heads are like uh, dropped, and they have to walk around the pillar for for their sanity. But they're all loony fucking bins, and they're yeah. heavy. And at the end of the movie, he decides, "I'm gonna leave this fucking place. I'm gonna leave this energy." He starts walking the other way. By the way. While the crowd is going their way and they're looking at him like, no, you can't walk the other way. You're going to be in trouble. But he was like, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. This shit that y'all are in, this shit that y'all are in, that y'all want to stay in, this heavy, bitter bullshit, I'm getting the fuck out. You did it, Kevin Hart, and I'm on that shit right now, too. You have to. You, you, as a matter of fact, this, this is the perfect time to take a quick break because you're, it's, it's such a great place to pick up from and keep moving. Guys, you know what this is about? It's about getting inside the mind of a comedian. And I keep telling y'all some of the fucking most brilliant minds and interesting minds that you will come across are on that goddamn stage. And they, they, they do stand up comedy for a fucking living. I do this show for this reason, for these conversations. Don't go nowhere. Because right now we're inside the mind of A.F.I. Crockett. We got more when we get back. You're listening to Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Now back to Comedy Goldmines, hosted by Kevin Hart. We're back. Atheon Crockett. Now, Atheon, we got to pick up right where you left off. Um, dude, you know, here's here's the biggest realization for me about what you said when you said, yo, I had to get away from that shit or get out of that shit, right? It's, it's a world of competition that shouldn't be competitive. And and in this game that we're in, it's not a sport. It's not a sport. Somewhere along the lines, some people have kind of merged this into a place where it's perceived as a sport, but we're not against one another. We're all together. And the doors that you open up 
Will they open up more for whoever else is to come? Or the opportunities that you get mean that there's more that we can get. It's certain, it's a different way to look at it, but there's this weird competitive sport to it of who's funny, I'm funnier than, not funny, could be funny, don't deserve, deserve. And that's where I think it gets to that place of dark that you're referring to. But I just, what I did that worked for me, I just, I stopped surrounding myself with those individuals. I took myself out of that space. Here's here's another story for you. This is when you had, you discovered your glow. It was me, you, Chris Spencer, and one other person that I cannot fucking remember to this day. We were all going to an audition. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say it was from the creators of Mad TV, but it was some other show. Okay. They made us sign in and they made us wait. Or no, we had to shuttle or, or go to another side of the lot or some shit. We all were in the same car. We all jumped in the same car. Like, y'all just, just jump in. The driver and Chris was in the front. Me and you was in the back. And you were saying, you were talking more to Chris, but you, you know, you gave us the earshot and you was mm-hmm. like, guys, I, I figured out my shit, my stand-up, my I'm talking about my family now in a way. That's like, it's gonna, it's gonna change the way I'm, I'm approaching this shit. Like, I got it. You said that shit with so much confidence. I'm focusing on the audition. Like, all right, word, okay, word, yeah, yeah all right, cool. And then I'm back to my lines type shit, right? But you, 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 that's when you made the decision. I found the thing that's gonna get me out of even this audition bullshit. Mm-hmm. Not that you knew it, that you knew the outcome of what that you, I don't think in the moment you envisioned where you're sitting today. Fuck no, you can't. But you fucking knew that you were on to something and that was enough. Well, you you know when you, they laugh at me by the day, I'm talking about the plastic cup boys. You know, they laugh at me when I, when I refer to the jello, right? Mm-hmm. Jello to me, jello to me is a, is a dope thing because when you're in it, you're in it. Nobody plans on eating fucking jello. You don't plan on eating fucking Jello. When have you ever woke up and said, "Yo, man, I gotta get some Jello"? You've never said it. Goddamn Jello today. You've never fucking said it. But if you go somewhere and they got Jello shots or some Jello on a fucking thing, if you're in it, you like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna fuck this Jello up. <laughs> I ain't had Jello in. I don't know when, man. It's Jello. Fuck is this Jello? Who bought the Jello? You're in it. It's like a thing that you you can't prepare for. But when it hits you, it hits you and you're in it. That's that's what I refer to when a light bulb goes off. And for me in stand up, there was a light bulb that went off where I realized I could be myself and my family and stuff that was a part of me. I could just embrace it instead of trying to create these situations and these moments that were that were outside of who I really was. And that's what the realization was for me. And I and I think in, in stand-up, that's important. Do you feel like in stand-up, because Avion, you've been doing stand-up for fucking a long time, man. I, I would love for people to go back to when you first did it just so they could be aware. But that's the thing. I stopped doing it. In the yes, time I was in that car, I stopped doing stand-up for 15 years. Why did you stop? I never loved it. At, at that mm. time. So, mm-hmm. so when I first started doing stand-up, right? I did Def Comedy Jam. That was my Bob Summer. Coming out party. Yep. 
my coming out, that was my escape from my hometown. I knew that I could get to the industry some kind of way. I knew I had the the jello to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. I had the special sauce. But I didn't, I was I was still a feature. I only had 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I had to go on the road. I had to open up for fucking Tommy Davidson, Steve Harvey, and Bruh Man, Reggie Ballard. Um, open up for everybody, right? Does that shock you? What? When you look back and you like the oh. motherfucking, like the, the past that you've come down, my the God, stages that you were on I, with. I'm not supposed to make it from Fayetteville, North Carolina. If you know anything about the I, city. Yes, I do. It's just a, it's a very, it's a heavy city. It's a military yeah. town. It's a crime ridden town. Um, I mean, you know, J. Cole is the the, the young prince of Fayetteville, mm-hmm. but you're not s- supposed to make it. Like mm-hmm. most of my guys, jail, dead, drug dealers, da 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 So yes, I look back on the journey. I'm like, wow, I really, I really, I really did this thing. But when I started out, I was only a feature. Mm-hmm. You know the circuit, shitty clubs shitty hotels and that's back when they used to smoke in the in the club yeah you know what I'm oh my you know, god stage, like oh. Man, man. Oh my god. <laughs> man, you, you ever seen a <laughs> oh shit but you blowing the smoke in my i don't smoke ma'am i don't smoke at all oh my god so by the time i got to la i toured for three years after dead jam dead jam was 95 i moved to la in 98 by the time i got to la i see the palm trees and the sunshine i was like man Fuck that road. <laughs> Fuck them nasty ass uh, refried steak. The steak with the breading on it. <laughs> and the fucking cold french fries. The fucking calling cards. The Holiday Inns. No disrespect to Holiday Inn if you want to cut me a check right now. But at the time, your Holiday Inns wasn't shit. Oh. <laughs> it was all kind oh, of God. cheap shit. And I'm driving a fucking Toyota Corolla. I'm picking up the headliner. We going, nigga, it's just the most depressing lifestyle. Oh my God. So by the time I get, (laughs) so by the time I get to LA and Hollywood and Beverly Hills, I'm like, man, man, fuck that goddamn road. And I stopped doing fries. Fuck them, them steaks, them chicken. I don't know what it is. Fuck it though. I love it. I love it. She said you fuck was like no more. Beef and carrots that came out of the can. Yeah. Fuck that. You said fuck no more. That. No more. I'm done. I'm done. And I said I came here to act anyway. Mm-hmm. I made it to L.A. and I'm just gonna focus on that. And so, my question then, if you, how did you discover? Because, you know, that that world of sketch, that world of YouTube, that world of creativity, you know, you're one of the pioneers of it. Right. And that's that's what I I want people to really walk away from. Like your your journey within this comedy space is is of dope as a dope as fuck journey. Like it's it's where you started, where you went. Like you said, starting out, didn't feature. Okay, stop. Fuck that. L.A. Then you stumbled upon this world of YouTube and put it together yourself. How how was that? How did you come across that? Um, I came across the do-it-yourself mentality. I've always been a sketch charactery guy, right? I've mm-hmm. always been that way. Impressions and all of that. Um, and when I got to L.A., I, I auditioned for all the sketch shows. Every fucking pilot sketch, da-da-da-da. Um, 
the do-it-yourself thing came from Wild and Out, which you know, you and I in short circuits, we did a lot of we did the the I hit that sketches and mm-hmm. all that shit. Mm-hmm. But I had ideas that I would pitch to Nick and, and Niall and other guys, and they just wasn't really feeling the, the idea. You know how it is. People just they're not seeing what you see. And so I was like, yo, no love lost. Like Wild and Out was a great platform for my career. And but I had ideas of shit that I wanted to do. And along the course of Wild and Out, one of the guys on there was like, yo, I'm doing this YouTube stuff. And he was doing YouTube shit every day. And I was like, what the fuck is YouTube? And when I discovered it, I was like, oh, you can really do your own stuff. Once I discovered that, bro, I started doing all the parody videos. And like when I saw the first one hit, when I dressed up as Lil Wayne, I did the whole, the dress, the, I went, people call it blackface, but I'm like, nigga, I'm black. So it's mm-hmm. just makeup at this point. It's, mm-hmm. it's Eddie Murphy and coming to America or the clumps. You got to put on makeup to become mm-hmm. the person. So I did the Lil Wayne video and I saw that shit spin out into millions of views. <clears throat> I was like, oh shit. We we done tapped into the jello. It was another jello moment. <laughs> and I've had several jello moments along the way, but that was one of the moments that I was just like, oh, I can really get my ideas out and and create a platform for myself. And I've always been conscious about I want people to look at my YouTube shit as if it's a TV show or a channel so that's actually what all led to the, the the sketch show the first sketch show i did i mean you're you're just it's always well vetted out you're, the the creativity that goes into your ideas is insane always has been how do you end back up at stand up then you so when i looked at your journey and how you took stand up and made a business out of it mm-hmm. it was a different conversation i have a business degree Right. And if mm-hmm. they university, I have a business degree. So my mind is always on business. Mm-hmm. Right. So at this point, I'm not even looking at the journey and like I'm far removed from, ah, oh, that should be me. No, no, no. Now I'm inspired. I'm like, oh, this nigga, he put up his own bread. He shot his own special. He, he put it in theaters. He did the direct AMC. Like you, I, I studied the, 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 the pathway. Then looking at other people, Aziz Ansari. I remember Chris Rock's story when he had did all the shows that were supposed to make him the guy and he didn't become the guy. He did everything from SNL to In Living Color. He guest starred on Martin, like, but he was just, nah, he's just a guy that people were just kind of looking over. He said, fuck this shit. I'm going back to stand-up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he dropped them stand-up specials, we all was like, where the fuck did this nigga come yeah. from? Yeah, we all knew him. We knew him from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker and everything that he did. We were already fans. Boomerang, all of it. But when he went back to stand-up and he had his own voice and point of view, that's what made me say. And then your journey, um, just a y'all, y'all, y'all's journeys. Marlon was another factor because me and Marlon weren't doing stand-up. And then when he Marlon started doing the, it. the Richard Pryor uh, project, that's when he started doing it. And he was like, hey, yo, Try it, because me and Marlon was always the two out of that that camp that they were trying to get us to do stand-up. And we both was like, man, fuck stand-up. We hated stand-up. Man, fuck stand-up. J-Dub, Joey Wells, he always used to be like, yo, eighth, like, come back to the stage. Rodney Perry. I was like, man, fuck stand-up. I'm an actor, nigga. Fuck out of here. Will Smith ain't never did stand-up, nigga. I'm about to do the stand-up shit. <laughs> so I'm just blowing it away. But... Again, I have you to thank for showing me a business model. So let this be a lesson to any other comedian out there. 
Before you get bitter, take it as an opportunity to get better. Use the example to get better and to use that that brilliance for yourself. Wow. I I can't even... Dude, I can't tell you how powerful that is. And the, the craziest thing, like I said, I... I can relate so much. I can relate to the bitter, to better statement. You you remember Derek Luke, right? Derek Bro, Luke. We went to the same church. We were home. Listen, shout out to Derek Luke. <laughs> shout uh, out to Derek Luke. Listen to this, Derek Luke. Nothing but love and appreciation for you. At Derek the time, Luke. I was in poverty. And Antoine Fisher dropped. And he, he went from the church pew to the screen. I will never forget Derek Luke and Derek Luke's rise to stardom during that period. Because Derek Luke and Columbus Short were the guys, right? And when you're trying to be the guy, because this is an example of the guys, Everything that the guys are doing, you're like, why Why couldn't it be me or why isn't it me? And Romney Malco was also in that group. Columbus Short, is a, he, he's one of my little bros in the dance community. Insane. And then catapulted. So everybody you're saying, it, we're all connected. We're all connected somehow. It's Romney, somehow. Romney, me and him is Trini. I remember seeing him do a Trinidadian character on MTV just in like interstitials. And then he started... I'm telling you, those three, <laughs> Romney, Columbus Short, Derek Luke, those were the actors at the time that really had me reevaluate myself because I was like, man, they're not picking me. They're picking these guys all the time. What am I not doing? And, and the light bulb, that you were just talking about went off for you, went off for me. And I was like, you know what, the auditions and all of this stuff, I mean, shit, like I'm not getting it. It's not happening. That's when I went back to the stand-up. That's when I made stand-up the priority. And the beauty of stand-up is it's a gateway to whatever the fuck you want if you navigate it correctly. If you navigate stand-up comedy correctly, it can take you to so many different places, but you don't, you don't understand that at first. So you, you hopscotch with the commitment to it. And I can understand your back and forth. I can understand Marlon's not wanting to do it and then doing it. I understand it because for me, when I got the first acting gig, I was like, man, this is it. I'm about to be a movie star. Man, okay, I do stand up sometimes, whatever. And I flirted around with my commitment. And that that funky stand up, big headed bitch, she punched me in the mouth and was like, either you doing this or you not. And when I made that commitment, shit started to change. But I was looking at other people and their places as if it should have been mine. And that's one of the biggest no's. It's one of the biggest fucking nose in the business man it's a it's a it's a comedic death sentence that's that that's big it's it's a comedic death sentence because as long as you're focused on what somebody else is doing and you're ingesting all that bitterness and that your comedy is fucking dying the thing that produces the comedy in you is fucking dying 
are you uh are you a spiritual dude meditate like you you seem very centered as yeah. i'm talking to you now I'm, I'm i'm hearing the dialogue and you know a lot of the words that you're using it seems very aware what 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 do you do to help you work on you um i i mean i'm a, i'm a faithful guy i'm a spiritual guy i'm a christian dude um i don't project that onto anyone else that's what works for me um, I'm also a martial artist, so I've always found that breathing, that zen, that mm -hmm. peace, because you can't do anything if you're not in that space. You really cannot. It's like you have kids. So when, when a baby, when you're trying to feed a baby, if the baby is wigging out and ah, you're trying to give them a bottle and they're moving their mouth and they're doing all of this, they're not getting what they are actually crying for. Mm -hmm. They're not getting it. It's not until they calm down. And they just open their little mouths that you can put the bottle in and start to feed them and to, to cradle them so that they feel secure. So you have to rest in whatever, whatever your belief is, you know, whoever, whatever, you have to rest in that higher power. Let that higher power cradle you and relax enough. Stop crying and bitching and moaning and, and screaming and allow that higher power to feed you. Whatever it is you need, whether it's confidence, whether it's creative ideas, whether it's love, because a lot of people don't love themselves out here. That's a big problem. They there is some traumatic people walking around and they project it, and that stuff is spilling over into their art, their relationships. And I was a part of that. I, I had to go to therapy for the last two years mm -hmm. to really unpack my my shit, right? Mm -hmm. So my centeredness comes from just sitting still. Even if I'm driving somewhere, my mind is like, you know, let me turn the music down. Let me just, let me just embrace the mountains in yeah. the crib. Like I live in such a beautiful area. Embrace that. Like we don't smell the roses enough. Yeah. And it's in that little thing that I say, if I can, if I can embrace the sunsets, the mountains, the grass, the, the natural elements of earth that are gifts to us if we don't abuse them, how much more am I going to appreciate every single thing I've worked hard for, every opportunity I get? See, a lot of us feel like this is a, a given. We're like we're entitled to success. No, we have the opportunity to do the thing we love and to get paid for it. Mm. It's some hardworking people out there in, 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 in blue collar America that are busting their motherfucking hands and busting their ass to not make the fraction of what we're able, that we're blessed to be able to make. So you got to put that shit on the big screen and put it in perspective and sit your ass down and be thankful. That's, that's where my centeredness comes from. That's huge. I mean, once again, I can't tell the listeners. It's hearing the goddamn construction work that goes in to the talent that has embraced this craft. It's some construction. Motherfuckers is under there, under there doing work, man. Real work. Work. You know, I was trying to do yoga and I, I went to a class, man. I, I got in that bitch. I had gas. It's a true story. I was in that bitch farting and shit. I said, I'm I'm out. I I, I left. <laughs> left midway through the class. Swear to God, Dave. Swear to God. I was in there. And I said, I'm gonna go. Everybody been telling me about this, you know, just trying to find you a, a space to clear your head. Man, went there with my goddamn wife. I said, honey, I'm out. I see you at the crib. I'm, I'm, I ain't right. Maybe, maybe it's, it's the stretching or whatever. It's doing something to me. 
that that shouldn't be done here. I got to do a personal one, maybe just a one on one. I don't feel comfortable letting this out. I was like, I, and they know it's me. They knew it was me. I'm in the back corner. I'm the only one making noise, <laughs> trying to get the shit. Oh, nah, I'm out. I, I didn't do it. Hey, I, I did the same. I went to one. And I'm pretty flexible. I, I I stretch good on my own, but I went to one hot ass yoga class. I almost passed out. I yeah. was wet. I was wet in places I didn't know could get wet. <laughs> I said, I said, this ain't the most manly feeling. And I'm not gonna return to this fucking course. Okay? I'm not coming back here. I'm out of here. This is ridiculous. You start fussing at people. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, you said martial arts. I know that you. I know that you took martial arts. I know that you. Uh, you do it. Where are you at in it? How how dangerous is the is the 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 man known as Avion Crockett? I am. I am harmless as hell. I am. That's what you say. I do it. I Touch. do it uh, for my own peace. Mm-hmm. I literally like. I'm not even bullshitting you. I I I, uh, I started when I was 15. Oh, this and I've been degree black belt. In a, <laughs> nah. Oh my god, he's in. I've been in and out of this shit for decades. I've been out of it, right? But I have my own um, practice shit in, in the in the garage, so you know I, I work on it again. Just you, because you never know, right? You you've yeah. seen fight videos <laughs> on on YouTube and Instagram and all that, and you don't you don't want to be the guy who doesn't move his feet and his hands and head well. You don't want to be the one that goes viral and you and you did this. You did this. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, you got to have some structure. You got to have some structure, man. Motherfuckers don't, like, literally, like, I've, as, a, as an adult, as an adult, as a grown man, you know, if something were to happen, you at least want to have the form of somebody that's prepared to take care of themselves. <laughs> there's, there's nothing worse than a flailer. The flailer or the or the or the the guy that like a shirt gets pulled over his head and he couldn't stop it. Like you don't want to be that guy at all. One of my biggest fears is being on a date with, you know, either a, a new chick or your wife or your, you know. Mm. You're that person that you really want to impress. Oh no! And you know, it's 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 a, a dude at the valet or oh, it's no. somebody. Not like this. And you looking at him, oh. and you clearly can look at this this dude and tell he he can fuck me up. Oh. Just like this could be the day that I go to sleep in front of this bitch, and it ain't because we having a good time in the bed. Um, <laughs> I just my greatest fear is to be in that scenario and not know what to do and not, you know what I'm saying? Not that I would initiate any contact, but just in case. Just in case. It comes to your doorstep that night. Yeah. Or that yeah. day. You want to, at least, if you if you shuffle away from an attack and you look good in your shuffle, yeah, that goes a lot further than the flail. Well, that's, a, that's enough also to make the attacker rethink the attack. If I go to attack you, and you pivot, you pivot and like hand check me and say some shit like, I don't want any trouble. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, it just shit. got real. Oh, this mo- oh shit. Oh, you you a weapon. That's what I I'm scared as fuck. I'm scared as hell. You know, I made a decision not to get in no physical altercation. 
And I ain't gonna lie to you, I can fight. I can, I can definitely fight. I've made the decision to not get into any physical altercations as I as I started to see more, more of these UFC guys, more, more of these fucking small, small men that have trained themselves to be machines. Like as you, I, I was meeting a lot of them in person. A lot of these fucking UFC guys, these motherfucking Carl McGraw and Taekwondo experts, these motherfuckers are small like me. I know a lot of these dudes. And if I didn't know and see them in the gym on the street, hey man, what the fuck are you looking at? Who are you talking to? And I'm ready to go. After seeing the shit that I saw, I said, no, I'm not out here to play with these people no more, Ave. I don't want no smoke. I don't want it from nobody, man. I'm 41 years old. You know how embarrassing it is to get knocked the fuck out at 41 years old. If you nigga had to shake you and go, man, did you, why didn't you, why didn't you move, man? Pivot, bro. Yeah, you, like, I'm not trying to have nothing explained to me. I, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. But the pain is in the explanation. Wait, what, what happened? What? I don't remember anything. What? Hold on, man. Where, where am I? I? Where am I? Where my lady go? Nigga, your lady, she wasn't here? What you talking about, man? It's just you. It's you and your son. My son, he saw it? Oh, I don't want it. I don't want it. I've had a few um, near, near, I'm talking about near, near in traffic. Cause I'm a hothead in traffic, but no more. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it came so close. Like dude threw a drink on my, my windshield. Like get out the car, bitch. Oh shit. And it was a van and it was about three of them in there. And I'm like, part of me says, this is my moment to prove <laughs> <laughs> to, to the viral world. Not Bruce Leroy. Come that on. my shit works. <laughs> Then my shit is official. Oh God! I'm gonna take this one out. <laughs> and then the practical side of me said, "And or you could die." Yeah, right now. They right have now. a van. You don't know what the fuck they got in the van, bro. <laughs> you don't know what they got in the van. Either it's a lot of hands and feet, baseball bats, bullets. You don't know what the fuck they got in the band. And if they're willing to throw a drink at your goddamn car, then guess what? <laughs> they don't give a fuck about your life. I got real tears. I got, had another I got dude spit tears. on my windshield because <laughs> I sat in front of him too. And he pulls up to the, to the hey, motherfucker. <laughs> he hot two spits. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I need to treat traffic like, <laughs> like I'm in a room full of children. And children are going to run in, in your path and they're going to do shit. But you don't oh, fucking God. go crazy on the children. You slow oh, down man. and you let the children pass by and oh. let them run into the wall or whatever the fuck they're going to do. But <laughs> you have oh. to you you have to calm the fuck down. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I'm, la I'm literally real tears, real tears at you acting out. The stages of what could happen. This is my moment to show these people what I am capable of. Oh, Af, I want to know what's next. What's next for Afion? What does Afion want 
from the business. Tell me what Atheon is just looking forward to for his future in entertainment. Honestly, I just want to not have to audition anymore. That's a fucking big deal. I just want to, I don't, I don't need to be that guy because he's the goat. Yeah. I don't need to be Will. I just want to be Atheon, the guy that people respect enough to say, <clears throat> nah, just, just call Ath. Yeah. ATP this situation because he got the fuck, he's more than 10,000 hours. This nigga yeah. been doing this shit for 25 years. Um, yeah, just creating. That's um, such a respectable, that's such a respectable want. You know what? That's a, that's something that I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to start asking the question. If there were, if there was one wish as a comic that you would ask for, for you, for your career, what would it be? And if that's your, if that's a fucking strong, that's a strong want because it comes with, it comes with comfort. It comes with respect. It comes with understanding. It comes with acknowledgement. Like there's so, it checks so many boxes, man. And that one thing, and that one gesture, one is one thing. And, and again, it doesn't mean that you have to be the guy, but you can now become the Jeffrey Wrights of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite actors of all time, mm-hmm. but Jeff ain't auditioning for nothing. He, everybody may not know his name, but they know his face when they see it. And he consistently brings the, the heat and he shows up. He's, he's the guy. I'm gonna give you my example of the guy that you're talking about in my head. David Allen Greer. David was one of the first people I thought of too. David Allen Greer is one of, he's one of just my favorite people to touch a screen of all time. He's never missed. I don't give a fuck if it's a bad movie or good movie or subpar movie. I have never seen David Arnold play I'm sorry David Allen Greer uh play anybody play any character that has not made me laugh and I, I don't give a fuck what it's been and I can go down a list I'm gonna get you sucker I can go down a fucking list he's in living color obviously until this day one of the best cameos on Martin David Allen Greer. Deacon Lonnie Love. Deacon Lonnie fucking Love. Thou seek me when he's going to touch Tisha Campbell and pops himself on the hand. It's between David Allen Greer's cameo and Tommy Davidson's cameo for the best cameo on Martin, in my opinion. Two of the best. But David Allen Greer, another scene. Uh, when you're talking about fucking Boomerang, uh, David Allen Greer and Boomerang, like, you know, that was per- that was for him. That part was for him. I can't see anybody else in that part. David Allen Greer and Atheon. I I do. I I personally, you know, I give you the respect, but I see why you have that want. But I I already view you like that. Like there there's nothing that could come across as an opportunity. And if I go, yo, no, this is funny. A for kill this. Like right. that your your name is attached to if I read some shit, your name would be attached to it. There's you already are that for me. And that's dope. And I appreciate that. And you and I having conversations about other stuff all currently, right? Yes, yes. But 
But but what happens is when we go to the other side, like our yes. teacher, you know, Marlon gonna call. Yes. You gonna call. Yes. Packer, like different people yes. just can pick the phone up and be like, yo, hey, come rock this real quick. But when you gotta go to the other side. Yeah, you want to know both. That, you want to know both sides. And, this, and, and you know you could kill this, but mm-hmm. they don't know. And, mm-hmm. and that are now proven. You're always showing and proving. So I, I just want to be at a place where I don't have to prove that I can murder this role. And and that's that's what I'm working hard for. You know, That's dope. Uh, that's dope. Uh, a good moment to take a commercial break. Guys, we are inside the mind of Atheon fucking the man the myth, the legend. I, 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 I'm so happy with today's conversation. I'm elated. I don't even want to use the ha- the word happy. Elated word I learned yesterday. Uh, talking to my that's, kids. That's a that's a it's it's late for you to learn that word, and it's a big word for you. We're so. not here to judge. We'll be right back after this. This is Comedy Gold Mines with host Kevin Hart. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Now more from Kevin Hart on Comedy Gold Mines. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're here with my guy, Avion Crockett, man. Uh, dude, such a great conversation. Such a great conversation. Um, I'm hoping that you had just as good times as I did. Nah, uh, for real. Uh, I appreciate you having me. And like you said, we've never had an opportunity to really have this conversation. Mm-hmm. We've had a few conversations, and like again, I've pinpointed the times when you and I have, have crossed paths, and it's always been love, it's always been positive. Um, but yeah, to be able to go in depth with you, and you know, I got nothing but respect and love for you, and and um, but it's dope to to not always be talking about you know the one up and yes. oh you got this one. Let's talk about the human being in us that does what we do, so that we can find that common ground. That's why I love listening to, to like these guys, like him and uh, Seinfeld talking on the, on Comedians and Cars, you and Seinfeld and Chappelle. Like, I love to hear what my comrades are actually thinking. Not, not when it's the group on Clubhouse, but <laughs> when it's those one-on-ones, what makes the goats tick? I love it. I love it, man. What a breakdown, what a perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Atheon Crockett, I guess today. Uh, I damn sure learned more. I know that you did as well. Ave, I can't wait to see you accomplish more goals, uh, uh, reach new levels of success, dude. And I'm I'm just I'm happy to notice your level of happy. And that's without knowing all of the things you discussed with me today on this episode. But in general, you're shining. You're shining, and I swear to God, it shows, brother. So keep shining, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, boy. Love you, uh, man. Love you back. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald.
Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.